and welcome to Geek Space Nine, the Tuscan Trinity Media Network podcast where we discover and or rediscover the classic Star Trek series, Deep Space Nine. With me, as always, is my tired companions who better wake up. We gotta, we gotta <laughs> yeah. chat. So first up is Sarah Becker. How are you, Sarah? Some of us partied all day yesterday, okay? Very much that. Be lame like me. Don't do anything. drink away my sorrows about the fact that this is... No, this a review of the last episode approaching the end of our podcast and two years of getting to know you guys and this mm. stuff. Uh, all the feels. We're going to have a lot of feels over the next two episodes. You better get ready for it. You so many feels. Sad gaze on this network. You yes. got to get ready for some feels. Rejoin level <laughs> feels. And with us as well is Peter Dancy. How are you, Peter? Uh, a, I am hungover because I was out at the bars like all night last night, so that was a hell of a lot of fun. But um, also, I, y'all, dear listener, you can't see it, but I'm over here like just um, bobbing my head because because my favorite girl, my favorite K-pop girl group, Luna, um, their official like actual debut single dropped today and it's dropped today and and it is so sweetly pop that it's like someone took like five packets of splenda and <laughs> put them and put them directly into and put it directly into on my tongue like it is so fucking sweet but i can't help myself and love it like this is the first time that i've ever officially actually stand up stand a a, a, a group or, or or an or a performer i stand them so hard oh my it's the uh, if it's really soft and sweet, you'll encounter what I like to call the Paddington paradox. Oh my God, yeah. Which is, uh, I truly, truly believe that Paddington Two is the best movie of the year. It's an absolute masterpiece. But because it's such a sweet, ridiculous movie, that the more I talk about it, the more people think I'm being ironic, <laughs> being like a hipster, and I'm not. I really love Paddington Two. It's perfect. <laughs> Is a perfect movie, but I've found many other friends I know who love Paddington 2 and have the same problem, which is... So, if you love a sickly sweet K-pop group, Peter, you better get ready for everyone to be like, no, you don't. I'm like, no, really? Like, no, it's, trust me. It's This is a totally valid love. It's, it's real. It's all real. Yeah, no, I'll, 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 I'll post the music video in our in our group chat when we're done recording today, so so y'all can see what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's so I'm ridiculous. Excited. I feel a cavity coming on already. Yeah, mm-hmm. spl- yeah, Splenda, sweet and low, pure cane sugar, uh, all of it, uh, all of it, right in one. Is Paddington Two on filter. Netflix or anything? Um, Paddington One is on Netflix, but it's not. It's good, but it's not. Um, uh, perfect. So, well, I've, I've seen know. the first one and like I liked it. It was very cute. Um, As did I. And then everyone was like, Paddington 2 is incredible. And I was like, is it? Is it that amazing? And it, it, it is. It truly is. I literally, this is not a joke. Again, it's impossible to tell that I'm not joking. But I, I, I swear to God, when I drove home from Paddington 2, I was like gripping the steering wheel oh my God. and like speeding like I had just seen Mad Max Fury Road. And I was just like, Paddington 2! I just kept screaming it over and over again. Oh my god. Because like that movie is like mainlining charm. It's like you 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 just bottled charm and just shoved it into your IV and went right into your heart. 
for 90 minutes. That movie's unbelievable. So, gosh, Paddington 2. One of these days I will. Yeah. So. Uh, and then Sarah's going to join and she's going to be mad because she'll be like, it's so great. And then no one will believe you either. <laughs> like, we're all lying. We're all just sitting to there. And we, all, we're all, we all know we're telling the truth, but we're like, no, you're lying. <laughs> it's, I promise. I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. It's real. Now, I'll make Katie sit down and watch it with me. Be like, okay, I don't know what's about to happen, but Ben has literally been raving about this movie since the day it came out. Yep. So it might be worth something. <laughs> Uh, and then and well, keep... by the end of it we'll both just be like <sighs> yeah there's a shot at the end it's one shot and if you don't cry Sarah I, uh, I don't know if we can be friends anymore okay. oh my. it's, that, it's <laughs> that guaranteed of a tearjerker that mm-hmm. if you don't cry I don't know what to do with you anymore okay <laughs> well I am an easy crier so yes well let's talk about the the Paddington 2 of Star Trek? <laughs> yeah, speaking of things that make me cry. Oh my god, yes. Oh, here it is. Season 7, episode 25 and 26. The series finale entitled What You Leave Behind. As to be expected, this is probably my longest synopsis ever. It's a 90-minute episode that wraps up every single plot line. So strap in. <laughs> It's finally here. We've all been waiting for Julian and Ezri in bed together. (laughs) No, for real, despite opening like that, it's the finale as the Federation prepares for battle. We see everyone and how anyone could die at any minute and how tragic it would be. Yay for 90 minutes of anxiety. And so the crew get in the Defiant 2.0 and there's so many ships. Oh my God. Meanwhile, on Cardassia, the resistance is strong as Kira's killing fools in a brain suit, and they plan to sabotage communications between the Dominion stronghold on Cardassia and the Jem'Hadar fleet. The plan works, and just as Wayu notices their line is thin where the Alliance is attacking, the communications are shut down. The female changeling is most displeased, particularly with Broca, the current leader of the Cardassian military. In retaliation, Wayun bombs an entire Cardassian city, killing millions of innocent civilians. Kira, Garrick, and Damar agree now is the time to strike at the Dominion stronghold and kill Wayun and the female changeling to end the war. On the bridge of the Defiance, Sisko gets another vision of the prophets who tell him that his journey's end lies behind him, not ahead of him. Ooh, with that spookiness, Ben continues on. The attack commences, and it's so fucking cool. The Jemadar are like, Meow. but then the Brink come in, they're like, pew, pew, pew. and the Federation ships are like, pew, 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 pew. during the battle, the Dominion discovered the location of the Resistance leaders, killing Mila and preparing to execute Garak, Damar, and Kira. However, they are saved when the, one of the Cardassian guards kills the others, claiming revenge for the destruction of the Cardassian city. The space battle is looking lost as the Defiant begins taking heavy fire when they are saved by the Cardassian fleet, who have now entered the fight with the majority of Cardassian people in full revolt. Legit Broca is to be executed for the failure and the female changeling goes full-on genocide, saying to kill every Cardassian. Despite heavy losses, the Alliance agree they have to end the war now. The Resistance attack the Dominion stronghold, but finds impenetrable. Thankfully, the Jemadar's brutal murder of Broca gives them the opportunity to slip in, and they attack. In the fireflight, Damar is killed. They get to the base, and with glee, Garrick kills the last Wayun. The female changeling, however, refuses to surrender, and claims she will make the Dominion fight down to the last person, so that the Alliance will lose as many troops as possible. 
possible and make their victory a bitter one. Kira reports to Sisko, and Odo decides to beam down in order to talk to the Founder. He comes to her and urges her that the Federation will not retaliate for what they've done, and that he now has the cure to the changing disease and could cure their whole race. He simply asks that she links with him. She does, and she is cured. She also agrees to surrender and face trial for her actions. Odo has communicated a peace for the Dominion War is now over. After Martok enjoys some blood wine in the bombed out ruined cities, Garrick and Bashir review the casualties. Over 800 million dead with the numbers rising. Most major cities destroyed and centuries of Cardassian culture lost. Garrick knows that the Cardassian he once knew is truly dead, but perhaps it'll be up to him and people like him to found a new one. The female changeling officially signs the term of surrender, and a new day is dawning. Meanwhile, during all that shit, there's those crafty, sneaky Kaiwen and Tukat. Seemingly able to prove his worth, Tukat's sight is now back, and Adami, who had been waiting for him, now head off together to the fire caves. There, she begins the ritual to release them, and a fish offers a toast to their victory. But uh-oh, she poisoned the wine, you dingus! Inconceivable! Dukat dies and the Pa rays are awakened. However, it is revealed Dukat is the true emissary as he is given his spooky red eyes back and is awakened. Also, all this happens over like the course of two days, but it also seems to happen over like 30 minutes. Yes, TV. Meanwhile, the crew celebrate their victory with a final performance of Vix. The mood is somber as Odo has decided to join the Great Link for good. Miles has accepted a teaching position at Starfleet where he hopefully won't suffer so goddamn much, and Worf has agreed to become the Klingon ambassador to the Federation. Ben feels a great disturbance in the Force, I mean, Prophets, and he sort of instantly shows up in the fire caves. I'm just going to say that the caves have some temporal distortion because none of this makes sense. Adami realizes how she's been screwed over, so she tries to throw the Book of Kostomojin into the fire cave thinking that'll end it. But Dukat magics the book away and incinerates Adami. With no other option, Sisko throws himself and Dukat into the fires of Mount Doom, where they both seemingly die. Ben awakens inside the Prophet's classic white void. They tell him that the Pa rays have been sealed with Dukat alongside them. However, in a similar way, Ben is now one with the Prophets, and he must live with them now. Ben appears to Cassidy in a vision and tells her goodbye that he will return one day. Or maybe in the past. Spooky Ben! And with that, he is gone. He doesn't say goodbye to Jake, though, which in Bajoran culture is considered a dick move. It's not the only goodbye, though, as Biles leaves his house husband Bashir, and Odo goes with Kira to the Great Link, but not before a perfectly grumpy farewell to Quark. On the Founder homeworld, Odo sees the gross gray goo of his dying people. He dresses one last time in tuxedo and says farewell to Kira. He melts into the ocean of goo people, healing them all, and this is by far the weirdest scene I've ever got teary-eyed at. <laughs> we jump forward in time. Kira is now commander of DS9. She does the usual duties of running the station and yelling at Quark. Julian and Ezri are doing whatever, who cares? Then Kira sees Jake as he looks out at the Celestial Temple. They watch together, wondering if Ben will ever return. And with that, it's over, and credits commence. Tears. What did you think of what you leave behind. Well, I will open by saying that uh, of the three Star Trek shows that I have watched to completion, that's uh, Deep Space Nine, Next Generation, and Voyager, this was my favorite finale. It's, uh, I mean, yes, we did have the, you know, weird time jumps or, you know, time standing still in the cave. And uh, we had... Ben go and join the prophets whatever that means but all things aside it was it as weird as the finales for TNG and Voyager <laughs> I guess it like finales. it all made sense in universe and I could you know keep up with everything 
and also it, it tied everything TNG. up very neatly and except for ben kind of no one in the main cast died which is kind of nice i was surprised oh no yeah i think we're all surprised by no one dying because they totally set it up like someone should like just mm-hmm. outright perish yeah I'm, I'm kind of shocked too um particularly i feel like bashir would be the most likely um but yeah, I'm kind of shocked too that nobody died. It's actually quite impressive. Mm-hmm. Having said the that, that uh, Kira getting the station was like the greatest thing I've ever yes. seen in my oh entire my God, life. Great. From behind the desk, I was just like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, when 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 it when we got to the end, it's like she's running the station. It 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 especially because we like we we just rewatched the first episode. It reminded me of like, oh. This is kind of where we first saw her anyway, behind the desk. And now she's been sent now she's been like next to it, but now it's like, no, never mind. She like the desk was always the desk was always going to be hers. This is where she belongs, literally. So let's run shit. Yeah. And, and that was really cool. It, it, that 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 was like her own little mini full circle type deal, along along with everything else that was happened that happened in this series. I also think Sarah. A big part of why the finale works is that this is one of the only better than, the, than TNG and, and Voyager. Though I do like the TNG finale for all its weirdness, even though it's like the end of that finale. They clearly knew they wanted to make TNG movies because mm-hmm. they're like, "This is the future that will be, maybe or <laughs> or not, <laughs> unless yes. we change our minds yeah. in the movies." And mm-hmm. we did so because Data died and other stuff. So, hey, <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Um, like it's nice that the the series begins and ends with Q as a nice little circularness with TNG yes. that the entire show is essentially Q watching them mm-hmm. and then judging from their actions. You know the show uh, Voyager same way like they get lost and how they get back is a big thing. But unlike that show, TNG was never really about Q and that's purposely the show. It's you know it's TNG is more of the classic Star Trek wagon train to the stars. Mm-hmm. What what new adventures will we discover in the great unknown? Mm-hmm. So it didn't really have a sense of like, it's one of those hard shows to have a sense of finality because of that. Yes, it's sort of like um, it's like a I haven't seen the ending of Cheers, and I think it might be okay. But Cheers is like a show I would no idea how to end. Mm-hmm. Cheers is just like people in a bar. Right. I'll like let you know when really I get there. Like, I'm working on it. I'm in season oh, four right now. Okay. I need to well, watch Well, now, I haven't seen every single episode. It's just kind of that show that, you know, Katie and I will put on when we're, like, cleaning her room or yeah, doing show. other things. And, you know, sometimes we will sit down and just watch, like, five episodes in a row, but that's not always the case. For instance, last night I had it on while I was working on a job application and... I got through about three episodes, and I have no idea what happened in them. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of those sitcoms and those shows tended to have like the same kind of finality of like everybody looking at the set, and then the lights go out. You know, it's like the classic series finale thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and this actually had what we were leading to. You know, you had stakes and storylines and everything leading to this point. So that also, I think, the alternative is that it can be bad. <laughs> you know, yes. you can. Uh, I like the finale of, of Battlestar Galactica, but a lot of people do not. Same with Lost, you know, when you're leading to these mysteries to be resolved. Uh, and invariably, you're going to have people who are very upset at the mystery mm-hmm. being resolved and the stories being, you know, covered up. And there's certain elements, uh, I would say, I also thought was a little underwhelming. 
But overall, I did really, really like this episode mm-hmm. uh, for that reason. Just see, like, Star Trek get to a point and f- have a finale and have, uh, have, have everybody come together and have these stories build together and have, like, incredible, those little magic trick moments. Like, how the fuck did this show turn Cardassian to Bayshore? <laughs> Right. Right. End, that's incredible. What kind of little magic trick did they do? Where by the end now Cardassia is this ravaged place that's been completely destroyed by war, and now they have to rebuild their own life after a resistance movement that mm-hmm. uh, brought them back. And it's like that was led in large part by a Bajoran woman. And I was like, how did you? How did you do that? Yeah. How did you it? And then it did, it did that so perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, this, this 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 show has been pretty good about that about about having. About, about having narrative parallels um or, or, or mm-hmm. so so it's so it's like you know Bejor had to rebuild now Cardassia had to re, ha, has to rebuild we 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 had we we had so much emphasis on the on, on the prophets that we that we then that we then got the parallel of the Paul wraiths we had we, we we had we we had um we we had, we had people who at least for a time felt like felt threatened by the federation coming in and 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 the, and the and the and the potential of what they thought they could do, and we had that paralleled by what by what the Dominion was actually trying to do. We had, we we, we had we had several parallels between 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 the different leaders of like of, of like on Deep Space Nine with Cisco, uh, like the space station itself with 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 Cisco with Kira with Martok with the Romulans with the Cardassians. We we had we had all, we had all of these parallels. As far as like, it's like, it's like, okay, here's the here's the narrative happening on this side. Here, here is how we're going to more or less answer it and show and show you how it can work on the on the on the other on the other side of the coin. And it was it was really cool to see all of that happen and and like work in tandem together. Yeah, I mean that's that's that's, that's I don't know. Let's, let's talk about the individual parts of this. So let's start with what you guys think of the space battle. Space Epic. battles are Epic. so good. Awesome. I, I loved uh, what was um, you you described it differently, but I, I describe it as the the GoPro shot from the oh, <laughs> top yeah. of the Defiant, where it does like the the three sixty or whatever, like flipping yes. upside yeah, down. It was I, I so cool. It, uh, I called it the BSG uh, pilot shot because it's yeah. a shot you see a lot in Battlestar Galactica where it's like locked down right below the cockpit of the ship and it kind of stabilizes while while the space around it moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very cool shot and apparently they were very uh, happy with it. It's kind of crazy this did not win best visual effects at the uh, at the Emmys that year. It lost to a Voyager episode. Mm. It's kind of crazy. But, it was uh, nominated though. It was nominated, yes. What Voyager episode did it lose to? I feel like I want to watch it because it must have been pretty good. <laughs> I don't know if it's better than this, but uh, I, I don't know which particular Voyager episode it was, but I'll have to find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, lost to an episode called Dark Frontier. Hmm. Okay. I, I haven't Frontier. watched Voyager in Oh, it's a, uh, four it's a years. Borg episode. That's it's a what? Why. It's a Borg episode. Ah, yes. Uh. Borgs are always, they always bring out the best for the Borg. So yeah. That makes sense. Um, but I, I was saying to you guys, even though the CG is vastly worse than Discovery, vastly, vastly worse, <laughs> uh, it's very simplistic and it's very 90s, but uh, the, the clarity of vision and these simple camera moves are something I really miss. 
Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, Abrams kind of revented what Star Trek looks like, and I kind of hate it. <laughs> I mean, I get that it was exciting in 2009 to give like a little more of the action, but we've lost a lot of the sense of temporal space and the, the ship's actually feeling like they're somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's why mm-hmm. I love Wrath of Khan. It feels like two submarines fighting each other, and you always kind of mm-hmm. know where the one ship is. And Abrams... Uh, action was (laughs) 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 explosions and lens flare yes and it's fun in the first movie but I don't think it's held up and I think with Discovery I I found the action very ugly and chaotic a lot of times Mm -hmm. and here it's just so clean and visual and you just can very easily tell which ship is which one and you know when when a Bird of Prey gets hit by a Jemadar and explodes and you're just like (laughs) it's just a level of uh, even if it's maybe like the Jemadar are a little too purple and the <laughs> Klingons are a little too green. It's like it all kind of flows in a way that makes sense to me. And I really uh, appreciated the clarity of it. And I do wish they could update the graphics uh, in like sort of uh, the way they did with TNG. Uh, yeah. They went through with TNG and they updated and TOS as well. They mm-hmm. added modern special effects. And I would love to see that because it's good but it's just like oh i want to see it in really good quality with the same motions like i love the motions and the elements i just the, the cg is just a little too rudimentary yeah and yeah. old but uh yeah it but, still holds up for me but, but yeah but uh, but un- unlike like un- unlike the um pilot episode of star, of star trek discovery there there, there was an in- there was an actual energy about 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 the space battles because and and, and i think i think it also helps that it's like that that we had several ships that were fighting rather rather than just in 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 discovery here's one ship going up against a bigger ship and like and like essentially and it's like and it's like yes i guess that can that can be cool but looking like looking back at it and like just kind of doing compare compare and contrast it feels like it was just a little dead i guess Mm -hmm. is like is it is a word is a good word for it so it was certainly lacking. Yeah. And again, just to have those kind of clear defined ships from each clear defined race makes it really memorable to me that each one can, even though it doesn't really make sense that each one has like a color scheme. Mm-hmm. Like Jim Hadar of just like, we're purple. We're really set on purple. Purple mm-hmm. lights, purple, purple lasers, like purple's our color. I love that too in like Star Wars. The Empire mm-hmm. is just like, no, red. We're all about red. And we're sticking with the red theme. <laughs> red well, actually, that's the weird part. Yeah, the, the, then they have green lasers. Yeah, whatever. Um, uh, yeah, so I really like the space battles in this one. Uh, what would you guys think of uh, Ben's storyline? Of going to the prophets? Uh, you don't seem as into it. I guess I'm the only one into it. What I, do you guys I don't know. I've just... Uh, like, Ben's a great character. Um, Every Books is a great actor. I'm just... I never got that invested in Ben's character, if that makes sense. Hmm. For, for and me, was, also, I was I'm kind sorry. of like, this is, you know, his outcome is one of the less surprising ones to me. Like, ever since they, you know, started his, you know, Jesus storyline, I kind of figured that something like this would happen. And I'm just, I'm mad that he didn't say goodbye to Jake. Like, he fucking had to go talk yeah. to Cassidy. It's like, I understand 
that you love her and she's your wife or whatever, but you just met her a few years ago. You have known Jake his entire life. You're his father. You went through, he, okay, Jake has lost his mother and now he's losing his dad. You're not even going to comfort him, especially after Jake literally lived out an entire lifetime to go back in time and oh save God, you right. from your own death. Yeah, yeah. Bad father. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, he's a great dad up until this point. Yeah, like, like he's like very we, disappointing. Like, like we, like we've had an entire <laughs> series. We've had seven seasons where we saw how strong this father-son relationship was, how strong their bond and love for each other was, and so for him to say bye to Cassidy, it's like, wow, what were you thinking? What were the writers thinking? Mm-hmm. There is a um, quote that they have on memory alpha about that about why he doesn't say goodbye to jake i'm trying to find it real quick all right so this is what uh the the showrunner said a lot of people thought it was a problem but at some point i realized that the last shot of the show which i thought was going to be in the bar with cork and kira should the image of the kid standing there waiting for his dad and missing him is the father ever going to come back the son yearning for the father was like the the audience yearning for the show. As we push from the image of him, push back from the station, father, further and farther away, it's gone. It was just like, boom, right to the road we came in on. So no, there's no goodbye between father and son. But to me, the idea that Jake's waiting for Ben is better than any goodbye we could ever have. Here's my thing. He could still be waiting for him and have said goodbye. Yes. Yeah. I absolutely <laughs> agree. <laughs> I totally get where he's coming from, but I still think you can... Have someone say goodbye and then still hope that they'll show up again. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, would, I, would much, I would much rather have the double tap of feels of like, here, here's, like, hey, 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 audience, here's one gut punch with, 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 with Cisco saying goodbye to Jake. Oh, wait, final shot of the show, of the entire show. Here's another gut punch. Like, 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 re- like really make me cry. Really go for those tears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is true. And quite frankly, I feel like Sir Rock Loughlin's kind of a better actor than... <laughs> Uh, the person who plays Cassidy Yates, it was just my own mm-hmm. personal opinion, but I feel like he could, or at least has a deeper connection with him for being on the show longer. Yes. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. I, I totally agree because they show a shot of Jake growing up with his dad later in the montage. Uh, Literally. Speaking of things that do make me cry, that montage. Oh my God. So. The montage made me cry, but I also questioned a lot of the choices. Yeah, yeah. me too. Like, no, Jadzia was stupid. But, now, apparently, uh, that was a uh, it was contractual a- thing. It was a well-organized montage, though, because the reason I started crying was at the beginning, I thought it was just going to be a sappy thing of Miles and Julian's bromance. And so, like, that alone was making me cry. And then it kept going. And there's just all of these other things that are so sad, except fucking Esri didn't even deserve to be in that montage. Ugh. Uh, I know. It's unfortunately was apparently a uh, a contractual issue that apparently yeah. uh, Terry Farrell's um, agent wanted to be paid for her appearance on those episodes. Mm. Yeah, which sucks. Yeah, I'm sure if they had talked to her directly, she probably would have been fine with it. Yeah, it's whatever. I'll it's like we're doing version. like a 20 second montage. We'd like to use a few frames of you from previous episodes. Right, Is it's that like- cool. Right, because all the wharf stuff is him arguing with S3. And yeah. It's like, Ugh. Same. <laughs> like, 
That was that was fun. Let's remember those couple mm-hmm. episodes yeah. that we hated. Not to mention all the interactions that um, Ben and Jadzia had over the years. That would have been oh, yeah. oh my God, a yeah. lovely thing to put in the montage. Make us cry more because we all miss Jadzia. Well, exactly. Exactly. All, all, all the all, the, was, all uh, the time all the times where 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 Ben where Ben looked at Jadzia, a woman, and was like, "What's up, old man?" Yeah, yeah. great. Yeah. I love that. And I was you always called him Benjamin. Benjamin. Uh, mm. Thank God. Adorable. By the way, speaking of the montage with with uh, with with uh, with with with, with, with Julian and Miles, when Julian went to say goodbye to Miles, went in for the hug, and then they pull away, and their faces are like six inches from each other. <laughs> I'm sorry. I Our know. Kids. I know. All three of us were like, kiss, <laughs> fucking make out. Make out with the guy Seriously. that you actually like. Like I love, my, I love my wife, but you like me. Yes. <laughs> You'll notice that there was zero Keiko in that month. Right? No, no Keiko. Keiko either. Bless her heart. That's not fair. She should have been in there just. Well, no, I mean not really though, because she and Miles were staying together. It's not as though they were getting separated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there no, was still the true. the threat of death, but you know. Right. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, this this episode, even though we as we said that uh, no one dies, it kind of understands that separation is almost sadder. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I told Sarah it reminded me a lot of the end of the uh, spoiler alert for the, his Dark Material series. It reminded me a lot of the end of the Amber Spyglass <laughs> when, <laughs> when the lead no. and her love for life have to exist in parallel dimensions, a la. Doctor Who. <laughs> uh, yep, it's horrible. It's brutal. Um, and uh, also that ends with, like, and basically a bunch of people being trapped with angels for the rest of eternity. <laughs> Interesting. Hmm. Um, well, he's like not falling, really. isn't he? Actually, they they what? Isn't him and the was it? Metatron isn't him and Metatron falling forever in the cave of like that. Oh, maybe falling forever. Yeah, I don't remember that part. I need to read those books again after I finish Fried Green Tomatoes and the Book of Dust, which is Mm. the new prequel. Well, new as in it came out this year. You'll have to tell me about that. I'm scared. Well, I have it, and and uh, I've read like one chapter, and then I keep getting distracted with other things. But I really need to read it because his dark materials. I know I've said this before on this show, but my favorite book series of all time—they're so great. Yeah, I will say honestly, if you're a big, if you're a fan of Deep Space Nine, which obviously you are, if you're here by this point, <laughs> um, you should read those books. They remind me a lot of it, a similar way, like mm. dealing with religion and science in a similar way. Mm. They're. Uh, well, I actually did really like. Ben ending up in the in the in the white zone. I mean, I thought it was a yeah. good choice. I just that wasn't the thing that tugged at my heartstrings out of everything mm. in the episode. No, no I didn't. I didn't feel as emotionally invested. That's true. I just thought it was a good yeah narrative advice. Him, him, him ending up there and with how the prophets were like were like your futures and your past, blah blah blah. It, it, it actually it actually reminded me of um of, of the of the movie of the movie Arrival, uh where where the where the woman where the woman comes to comes to find out and learn, oh, when, once you once you uh, because of the language of, of of the of the octopods, once you come to have like like a truly good understanding. Of, of 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 the of this of this language, 
of, of this language, you start to experience life, like you start to experience your life, all of it, kind of at once. And it, it, it was it was it was interesting to to, to hear that line. It's like, oh, it's in your past, and like and and, and then and then when Ben when Ben brings Cassidy in, into 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 the into the great white void. Um, he like even even though even though from our perspective as as the as the audience, he had really only been there for like, like as far as we're concerned, basically like like which is like maybe like five, ten minutes, but by the time that Ben brings Cassidy in there, it's like, how long, technically speaking, have you existed here already? Oh yeah, because he's already talking in weird, parabolic language like yeah, they do. Very, very, very calm and don't worry i have so, the prophets have much to teach me yes like an apple store employee oh god <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> no i thought that was a very interesting way to and and she way to have him be alive and somewhere but not anywhere <laughs> like it's a very classic uh sad but not dead way of dealing with somebody mm-hmm. and I kind of like that he uh, that, that it's always been about the prophets for him and that the story begins and ends with him and the prophets and yeah. same with yeah. you uh, good book ends and ends TNG yeah and that he is of Bejor <laughs> literally because he's in the clouds now he's Jesus he's, he's ascended Jesus. to uh, the Holy Spirit now he's in his Holy Spirit phase Back to the montage really quick. Ben, you made a good observation that I actually didn't notice because I was too busy crying. But uh, the music was really good during that. It was a mm-hmm. a mashup of The Way You Look Tonight and the Deep Space Nine theme. Yeah, the slow. And when you said that, I just started crying more because it's like, you're right. Yeah. So good. Yeah, there's a... Uh... It was a sequence which I was like, this is really long. I'm like, why is this in this episode uh, where they, the whole uh, crew is watching Rick sing. Vic always tonight. sings too long. Always too long. He used to uh, sing like one chorus of a song and then move on. Yes. Um, they clearly just liked uh, that actor's James Darren's uh, voice. And he's got mm-hmm. a great voice. But, yeah, uh, fine. I think they... I think they, they liked him too much. But this one I actually understand why they went too long because uh, in sort of a subtle uh, cue, this was the last day of filming. So everybody was on set. And all the people who aren't the main cast and crew who are like the, the holographic bar patrons are all the cast and crew of the show. So it's you got like Casey Biggs and uh, and, and people played like Rom and Nog are in there out of out of a uh, um, – costume you also have the showrunner you have a lot of the directors the set crew makeup people all kinds of people mm-hmm. all in there and they're all sort of in one last uh, room together and singing so it's like it's a little indulgent it's like um the last shot that they filmed for lord of the rings where it's uh frodo writing the book lord of the rings and closing it because you know it's mm-hmm. a perfect mm-hmm. kind of shot for that and peter jackson talks about how he filmed that like 20 30 times because he couldn't let go mm-hmm. and eventually they had to be like you got to you gotta say rap. Yeah, can't you know? It's a similar thing. So I, I, even if it goes too long, much like the ending of Lord of the Rings, I get it. You know, you're wrapping yes. up a bigger thing, and it's a, a celebration for the cast and the crew. So I didn't mind it as much reading that in the past, though I spent the entire time watching that scene. Like, when is things gonna go bad? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now, they didn't till the afterwards. Now, now, now I'm just imagining Peter Jackson uh, f- f- filming that last shot of Lord of the Rings, and 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 he and he's like, and and he has like. 
two people holding him while he while he's like quietly sobbing and it's like again again and they're like and just, <laughs> like like that's what's in my head now yeah i don't know what the last one they shot with the whole i mean it wasn't i guess only the fellowship stuff because everyone gets separated in that movie mm. oh. i'm gonna watch lord of the rings again i haven't watched it in so long mm. i was thinking of doing a uh watch along and feast like cooking yes. a dinner and then watching one doing one for each movie mm-hmm. it'd be a lot of work but it would be fun I did used to do marathons that would last a full day with uh, extended extended, editions and just start very early in the morning and, you know, take a break in between each one for like 20 minutes and then go back. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen them in a while. Neither have I. It's been a, it's been a minute. I just rewatched. That's true. Fix it. Not. Fix it. <laughs> fix, fix it. I know. Fix it. I must. I just watched, um, or I rewatched a recording of Wagner's Ring Cycle again. And so this is usually about the time when I need to go watch The Lord of the Rings. Because, mm. you know, Tolkien borrowed elements from that. It is, of course, its own thing. But there is, you know, this golem like creature, and he has this. You know, all-powerful ring that is cursed and stuff like that. I think Fritz Lang did a version of the hmm? the ring cycle. Who did? The the director of Metropolis. Oh. The director of the film Metropolis. He did his own silent film version of, uh, well, the Siegfried myth in general. Oh, yes. Mm. I think it's yes. based on Wagner, but it's based on the myth originally. It's very mm. cool. I recommend it. Uh yeah, what'd you guys think of Odo and Kira? That was yeah. what we got me the most. Oh, okay, now that was all. That was all. That was all the feels. Yeah, lots of crying there. When he morphed into the tuxedo. You always told. You always Aww. told me I look good in a tux. I was like, stop that. So, so I love telling the story. Uh, once I was flipping through the TV, and this was long before I had watched the television series Doctor Who, mm-hmm. and I flipped onto a random episode on BBC America. And there's a race in Doctor Who called the Ood. The Ood! Love the, an Ood! <laughs> got to touch an Ood head. Um, that's something David Tennant said once. <laughs> He's like, I love touching the Ood head. They feel so good. Um, the Ood are this very weird race that are bald and have little squid mouths and talk psychically through a little light-up ball. Mm-hmm. And I turned on an episode of Doctor Who, and one of them was killing someone with that ball, electrocuting them to death. Oh, and I went, this is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. And then years later, I watched Doctor Who, and I get to that scene, and I'm like, hey! Yeah! <laughs> and now I love it! <laughs> and I was telling Peter after the Odo scene, I was like, can you imagine turning on just this? Just that. <laughs> Having no context, and a man with a weird face in a tuxedo melts into a goo. <laughs> And then the and then the lady is on a rock and she's like crying and you're like, what am I watching? Yeah, it's it's like it's like when you it's like when you start like it's like when you're talking with friends you like you you turn like you leave to do something and then you come back at like the worst possible time you're like okay I'm so confused like I am absolutely and utterly lost. I mean, shows the show's ability to know that if you're watching you're a fan at this point no one's no one's tuned into the deep space nine finale who hasn't 
isn't yeah. caught up in right. some way or at least no basic stuff because it just commits to like that's what we're doing mm-hmm. you're gonna love it or you're gonna be confused just deal with it yep <laughs> which i love that's great i love weird sci-fi shit that just commits to that I'm just like, oh <laughs> this is fantastic you turned into a goo pile and i cried how'd you do that mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah Actually, even per- though i knew it was probably gonna happen that he would go back to the great link it was very sad yes I yeah was. i mean kira kind of knew too which was yeah. I think what made it more tragic is one of those things where she kind of always, I feel like she kind of always knew that would happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but she didn't want to admit that it would, you know. I mean, I mean, he, I mean, he kind, he kind of did, he kind of did say, it, it, he kind of did say a few times, and the and the female changeling, uh, even even told even told Odo even told, even told Odo herself, she where they were where they were like, yeah, so you were sent out to like find out shit, and you were always meant to want to come back. Yeah. And um, she also once said that she would trade the entire Gamma Quadrant for Odo. So I think part of what he communicates to her in his little linking session is is part of that. That mm-hmm. he's part of the deal, you know, of the treaty. Yeah. The cure for the disease, but also that he would return to his people and they would be whole mm-hmm. again. I get that. And that's cool that that's how, you know, linking works. But it did almost seem too easy like they yeah. link for all of three seconds and then she's like i surrender calling off the attack we're done right it's one of those things you're not it's like a, it's like a cop out you're not supposed to understand what they actually said mm-hmm. but it's also like it's not as narratively it's exciting yeah yeah so that's one of my nitpicks and my other big nitpick is i really didn't like the ducat cisco final sequence very much also too easy very easy um just sort of the deus ex machina that the book is all you need to destroy it and Mm -hmm. that uh they just kind of throw each other into mount doom and then Mm -hmm. and that's that uh it was just a little too easy i mean i understand we already did an entire war but to have another one but then move it before the end of the actual war or give more time to the ducat stuff Cut the song down a bit or something. I don't know. Also, it's just funny that Ducat's final form, he's just in like farmer clothes. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And I guess still dressed is... as a Bajoran. Yeah, he's still dressed yeah. as a Bajoran. I mean, he ends up looking like Ducat, but uh, he gets his face back, but uh, he's just in like street clothes, <laughs> in, like a like yeah. a nice summer vest. Yeah, the par so the, the par rates didn't even give him an didn't didn't even give him give him an anime villain outfit. Like, nope, just just exactly. farmer just farmer clothes. I need him to look like Sauron at the end. Oh my like god! In yeah. that uh, in that picture from the Costumotion book. Yes. I need him to. Uh, I don't know. I needed something either like maybe a cheesy, let's go to another temporal plane and fight thing, mm-hmm. or some kind of mind thing, some kind of Doctor Strangey thing, something. It just was yeah. too simple and easy for me, and I found it kind of unfulfilling. I absolutely agree. And it goes back to my point that I think Ducat was. Uh, I'm now confident in my thing that I think Ducat was should have just stopped uh, being a character after after his mind broke it. Because I don't think the whole arc of Ducat was very fulfilling after that. I don't know. I, I kind of liked um, everything that happened with him and Kai Wen, but maybe if they had just left, let him stay blind and living as a beggar on the streets of Bajor, that would have been a very satisfying end. 
Especially yeah. considering all of the atrocities he was responsible for during the Bajoran War. <laughs> right. Like, even maybe a nice ironic scene of Kira on Bajor walking by him and not realizing it. Oh, yeah. Mm. Would have been interesting. And, like, maybe you know, shows him tossing like, some coins into a cup or, like, taking him to a temple. Maybe even, like, yeah. Maybe even, like, do I know you? And he's like, no, 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 no. You know. Mm-hmm. Something like that would have been. I agree. That's a more fitting end than. I mean, I get that he goes to basically hell, but I don't know. Just weird. Just a mm-hmm. weird choice. Just a weird choice. Though it was fun to see Kai Win burn up like Mars attacks. That was nice. <laughs> she, she, uh, she didn't turn into a skeleton, but uh, that would have. She almost did. I yeah. thought she was going to. <laughs> I, I rewatched Mars attacks. That movie is incredible it's so weird mm-hmm. i don't understand how tim burton got away with making that movie that movie's insane <laughs> jack nicholson gets killed by a hand okay. stabs him in the back yeah. and turns into a flag what, what? nuts <laughs> david duchovny gets his head put on a dog it's body i have to watch this movie sounds like an acid trip it's crazy. <laughs> it's like every famous Hollywood actor at the time getting turned into a skeleton. It's and they get the aliens get killed at the end by country music. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> like that's how they defeat them. Their brains explode when they hear country music. <laughs> that's just I mean, sometimes that's how I feel, but still. <laughs> God that movie. That's oh my so god. Weird. Anyways. Um, my next podcast is going to be Mars Attacks, minute by minute. Oh, God. <laughs> Breaking down how insane this movie is. Uh, I don't know as much. Oh, what did you think of Garrick? He sort of had an interesting little. Garrick and Damar, the two Cardassians. Oh, yeah. Damar, Damar truly being martyred. Yeah. Demartyred. You Demartyred. beat me to the pun. Yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> he was demartyred. <laughs> He gets a perfect, ambiguous last line where he says, keep bleh. And he says bleh, too. It's really weird. He dies hmm. bleh. Like Talia in uh, The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, bleh. yeah. <laughs> That's the take you used, Christopher Nolan? Really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I was happy to see happy-ish. I, it was a fitting in for Jabbar that he mm-hmm. went out guns blazing, yes. storming the castle, as it were. And that his death inspired the 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 eventual savior of Cardassia, mm-hmm. even if they all died. It's like Jesus Christ, Dominion! Don't <laughs> fuck around, my God. Yeah, the came the, a long way from being Goldukat's lackey. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's Killing real growth. And then being a drunk, and then being a hero. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. Yeah, and the, then Garrick deciding he actually cares i care now yes we must rebuild no, yeah no. it was really sad how devastated he was i mean that's that's yeah because because that fe- all your culture is lost yeah because 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 the, 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 the female changeling went 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 went, went, full, went full on talia from dark knight rises when she was like kill them kill them all and i was like uh okay yeah or like uh Kotor when they destroy an entire planet. Oh Actually, Star Wars kills a lot of entire planets. So yeah. what am I mm-hmm. talking about? It's, it's kind of their MO. They love killing planets. 
And then the Force Awakens, they're like, but what about five planets? Yes. Like, all right. Why the all entire right. solar system. And then the galaxy. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Come down. Jesus. <laughs> it's a little excessive. That's another Abrams thing. That's another Abrams thing where he's like, I'm going to kill all of Vulcan. And you're like, all right. Maybe tone it back a bit. Jeez. Weirdly, his Mission Impossible is not that. He didn't kill an entire country in Mission Impossible is the movie. I'm disappointed mm-hmm. now. He didn't kill all of China or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's what, that, that's why. Which one was his Mission Impossible movie? The third one, the one with uh, Phil Timmer Hoffman. That's the villain. That's not the one with the um, the disease, like Chimera and Bellerophon? That is the second, second one. one right? That's okay. the John Woo one. Yeah. Yeah. The crazy whip pans and the Nickelback and the everything Nickelback. about the 2000s. I always that really like that one, actually. It's a uh, big pile of cheese. I like it. Yes, I've I, mean, I of, recognize um, that. That's that's a big part of the reason I do like it. Oh, yes. Like, this um, is just a cheesy action movie. It's great. Yes. The first half is not great because it tries way too, to have like a very serious romance. Oh, it's yeah. Like it's about that part. Mm-hmm. But the last hour is uh, ludicrous. Yes. <laughs> All those a motorcycle lot of, stunts. Yes. A lot of Tom Cruise throwing motorcycles at people. Mm-hmm. And then he has a kick fight in the desert and on the speech at the end. Mm-hmm. And then he defeats the villain by kicking a gun up into his hands and shooting him. And it's mm-hmm. the silliest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I love it. Yes. I'm, I'm obsessed with early 2000s action movies because uh, – it, we just embraced all these terrible digital effects and whip pans and 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 bad uh, new metal music, and it just all ages so poorly, but so wonderfully at the same mm-hmm. time. Uh, that uh, Mission Impossible Two is the Lawrence of Arabia of that, and I would say the uh, the room of that is a uh, ballistic X versus Sever, starring Antonio Banderas and Lucy Liu. Oh my God! Yes, that movie. That movie. <laughs> Oh, yes. Even on our finale, we're off the rails. Yes. Don't you, we, we don't, <laughs> don't care, you we don't care about think, rails. I uh, think as we approach the end, we just get more and more off the rails because we do not want it to end. We are we are Peter Jackson. It's like, again, again, mm-hmm. again. <laughs> Melted to goo again. Just watch it over and over again. Can you imagine what changelings would look like with modern special effects? Oh, no. I'd really like to see that. Although that Northern Lights thing that they did several episodes ago was really cool. Like, I would not change that. It was was nice. That's one of the things that should watch this show is what what did we already conquer back in 1998 or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like digital lights are around pretty early on, like digital lighting sources and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. making something like that was actually – very possible in 1998. I was like, oh, that's interesting. But yeah, it always, you can always tell that there's like goo kind of pasted on top of somebody, like when he's kind of mm-hmm. gooing out, you know, and it's very uh, Terminator 2 looking. Yeah. You know? Yeah. With the metal guy. That's why Terminator 2 effects hold up because he looks like metal. <laughs> he has no surface. This is why when I rewatched Hulk, Angley's Hulk, he looks bad because hmm. uh, I don't know if you know this, but in modern CG, they literally build a real person from the ground up. So, like, when you build, like, the Hulk, Ruffalo Hulk, 
in the Avengers, you build a skeletal structure, you build muscle, you build mm-hmm. veins, and you build skin because <laughs> that's yeah. how you mm-hmm. that's how real things are lit and skin is translucent. You don't perfectly reflect. So Hulk in the Ang Lee's Hulk is always bright green. He's never <laughs> not green. And he never gets any kind of other shade than this bright green. So it's very weird looking. And and that's something I do wonder as well. Like and you can so easily blend people now. So I wonder if anybody's done that. Any nerd has done like a effects test as like a a goo person now. Hmm. I have seen a very creepy video that really freaked me out just because of how it looks of like a realistic head that then melts into water and it was very disturbing and uh so now i'm thinking about it maybe a change six would really freak me out if they were very accurate i don't know i I get the feeling that uh you know in changeling physiology when they more well i don't know maybe they do morph themselves to have a skeleton and organs and things like that they don't they don't have blood um, but I would imagine maybe they don't melt like skin first. Maybe they're just like, okay, all of me is changing to goo now. So we wouldn't have to witness like a, um, what's the, the Indiana Jones Ark of the Covenant? Ra- Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, we wouldn't have Multi-fans. to witness like a Raiders of the Lost Ark style, like face melting <laughs> sequence anytime Oda was changing. Uh, uh. <laughs> well, now you make me think that they would. If this show came out in the 70s, that's how they'd have to do Odo. <laughs> they'd have to like build a wax Odo and just melt him every time. <laughs> just yeah. make, him, make him melt under a candlelight. So that's how they did it with Raiders. They just built uh-huh. a wax guy and then put a hot light on him and melted him. And yeah. then sped up the footage. Sped it up, yeah. Classic. The other guy blew his brain. Uncanny Valley. Let's not approach it. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun, though. It's, it's fun to think about effects like that. Yeah, it's fun. Effects are fun. Effects are fun. Effects are fun. I like special effects. Yeah. And uh, speaking of special effects, we get lots of matte paintings of the fire caves. Yes. So many Very matte. happy. With that same matte painting. So they, often. They, they, they made that matte painting. They're going to get their money's worth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every time we went back to there, you're going to see that matte painting in that 30-minute long sequence dragged out over two days. It's like they're still there. They're still there. I couldn't believe it. They were always. They, I was like, How long was it? This is like a Catholic wedding that never ends. I, <laughs> I still feel like this was fil- almost filmed kind of well, except for the fact that Ben did show up coming out of his own uh, timeline, if you will. But it almost felt like sort of Dunkirk style to me yeah. in that it's like in the cave, like such a, so much time was passing, but outside we're looking at like another aspect of time i don't know how to explain it but ben you're you 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 get it peter yes, you the, get it yeah yeah the time temporalities in uh dunkirk yeah now you want me to re-edit this so that it'll look like dunkirk it'll be oh like god dominion war <laughs> one hour yes <laughs> I, I, I will i will say profits endless I, I will no say with, with with Dukat and Kaiwen in the cave, like I, I do I do I do like how Kaiwen was basically like just like let's get lit, let's drink. I'm gonna treat it like it's fucking Burning Man. <laughs> we can also give a You props unintentionally to made very two good very good puns. <laughs> just right there, Peter. <laughs> let's get lit. We're <laughs> in the fire caves. Yeah. Burning man. Yes, I've arrived finally. Yay! I'm so proud. 
<laughs> nice. That's the arc of our show is Peter learns to do <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it only took you two years, guys. <laughs> I know I did say that to y'all when Mar after the, the battle on Cardassia when uh who was it? Um Ben Martok and someone else were down on the planet and Ross. Yeah, Admiral oh, Ross yeah. and you know, the Federation guys are like, so many people died. This is terrible. And Martok is just sitting there with a flask of blood wine. Like, what a glorious battle. I was like, guys, Martok about to get lit. <laughs> <laughs> Klingons win. That's all they give a shit about. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they will literally dance on your grave. Yes. <laughs> literally. <laughs> they won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is. This is not Dunkirk where everyone goes home sad. The, uh, the Klingons are having Klingons a Klingons are all are happy. All two of them. All two of them that survived. <laughs> all the ones that are left. All, all two of them that survived the battle of the life. Fuck yeah. I almost sent you guys a picture from, there's a Facebook group called a Star Trek shit posting. <laughs> and it just Lovely Facebook group. Post random crap about various Star Trek shows. And uh, somebody had uh, taken a picture of Celine Dion, but photoshopped in Gowron's eyes. No. And it said, My ah. heart will Gowron. <laughs> no, I knew exactly where you were going. <laughs> oh. I'm going to find that and send it to y'all. It's oh, so good. But, okay. Funny thing, as soon as you said Gowron eyes, I know exactly what it looks yeah. like. But, okay, yeah. Okay. It's real creepy. By the way, um, speaking of going off the rails and speaking of Celine Dion. At least we're still talking about Star Trek. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. 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 This, this isn't even Star Trek related anymore. This is just about, this is just about Celine Dion. I, <laughs> they I, I, made it the cover photo of the group. <laughs> I... <laughs> I saw I saw I saw a picture of Celine of Celine, Celine Dion. I'll, I'll to find it for you. I find it for you. I I think she made an Instagram. I think she made an Instagram post. And and it's and it's it's her it's her it's her and that's really and that's really awesome pantsuit sunglasses sunglasses sitting sitting by this sitting by this window looking real looking real serious. And she and she and she was like what she was like hey guys what's the what's the name of my what's the name of my next mixtape? And someone commented someone commented with my heart will go the fuck off. I saw that. It's so funny. I lost my shit. Oh my god. It's so crudely done too. I know. <laughs> oh. Oh no. 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 I can't do it. I can't fucking do it. This creature is creepy as shit. Oh. God, but please put that up. Please put that on 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 our on our Facebook page for Geek for, for Geek Space Nine. People need to see this. Oh, I'll link to it for sure. Thank you. Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> Is there anything else you guys want to say for this episode, or shall we call it? Um. Huh? Julian, Ju- Julian Bashir should have made out. That, that's 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 really it. Julian Miles. Julian Miles. Ju- Julian Bashir. And Julian Miles. Bashir. Ju- make out. Well, honestly, he would do it. Make out with himself. He look oh, yeah. look yeah, himself yeah, in the mirror and be and be like, "You're beautiful." Wait, no, you're beautiful. No, you're beautiful. And then kiss the mirror. No, <laughs> no, Bashir and O'Brien totally should have made out. I'm sorry. That's the, that's that is the one that is the one story arc that 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 we did not have completed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah friendship make up yep you want to make out no homo and then the other one no no all all homo all, all homo. homo no hetero no no space homo 
Uh, Sarah, is there anything else you have to say for this episode? Should we call it? Uh, I don't know. I think I think we got everything. That's chance. Hold your peas. Nope. All right. (laughs) Well, that has been our episode, but it's not our last. We still have our season seven wrap up next week, which will include our series wrap up. So stay subscribed so you don't miss it. As always, I want to thank my lovely co-hosts for joining me every week on this journey. Our theme song is by Captain Meatshield. You can check him out on Twitter at CPTN underscore Meatshield. We are part of the Tuscan Shed Media Network. You can see more of our shows at TuscanShed.com. Our awesome artwork is by Joe Bowen. If you like this show, like, subscribe, rate, and review it any way that you can. It helps new listeners discover our show. Until next time, and the last time, this is the crew of Geekspace 9 signing off. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening.